important topics for our community, from culture and entertainment to lifestyle and everything in between. We are your hosts, Bree, Evelyn, Vanessa, and Yasmin. In recognition of Financial Literacy Month, your hosts for this episode will be Vanessa and Evelyn. We will be talking about our real estate investing journey. Vamonos! Bienvenidos hoy a todos. Evelyn, thank you for being here with me today. We just wanted to share that Yasmin and Bree have decided to take a break this week, and so they're going to be doing some self-care, and so we wish them the best, and we can't wait to have them join our next episode. Yes, I'm so glad that they're taking some time for self-care, some time to be with their family, and we can't wait until they join us on the next episode. However, while they're away, I wanted to uh, take the time to talk with Vanessa about something that is not really talked about in our community. And so I really look forward to having this conversation with you. And part of that is our real estate investing journey. Get that money. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm shaking my hands like I don't care, even though you can't see me. (laughs) <laughs> we definitely wanted to continue the conversation. I think we had a great conversation last episode and what a better way than to talk more about our own journey and our experience with investing. So Evelyn, yes. I, if you would be, if you would do the honors to facilitate this one, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. Of course. So I wanted to start off with the little fun fact. I was Curious to see what the participation of Latinos in the real estate um, investing community was like. And I came across a uh, statistic that said that the real estate investing community is made up of 17% Latinos. So I thought the fact that there's two of us on this um, podcast that are real estate investors is actually really cool and a really cool idea to, you know, share our story. So... I would be more than happy to facilitate and talk more about it. Yeah. 17%? Really? Yeah. That's that's all it is? Yeah, that's all it is. And I'm pretty sure that it's even less for women. I didn't find any any statistics for that. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's less. But, you know, here we are. We're trying to make it work. And so I'm excited that we get to share our story. Yeah, I look forward to hearing your story and kind of how you got into investing. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share mine as well. So I know that we each have a unique story in the way we got started with real estate investing. And I wanted to explore that a little bit more because, you know, for each one of us, it's a little bit different. So our first question of the day is, how did you first get started in real estate investing? Nice. So yes, for me, my story began with my folks. My parents began to invest in rental properties, maybe around the age that I was about 10 years old, I think, or give or give or take. So growing up, I would see my parents hustle and just really, you know, do their research, ask questions, start investing. They started investing in these uh, rental properties. They had a total about think five properties and so yeah and so I've kind of always been around it but again 
I was 10, 11, 12, 15, as I got older, it wasn't like this huge interest of mine at the moment. Um, so for me, my, my journey really began after my parents' divorce. They ended up selling one of those properties to myself and my husband. And so we had the opportunity to, you know, buy this property off of them, which if you really think about it, I don't think we were fully prepared for something that big. Right, right. Because it's not, it's not even a single family home or a duplex. Like you jumped in right into apartments. Yes. Yeah, so that's the property. It was it was apartments. It's three apartments. And so it was in it, it was a pretty big deal. And I think we were maybe 23 years old, 24 years old at the wow. time. And so again, we weren't like fully prepared to really say, hey, this is what we want to do next with our lives. It was kind of just like, hey, there's this opportunity, take it or leave it. And so we're like, you know what? In the long run, this is going to be beneficial. Why not? So we ended up buying that property. And that really was the beginning to my real estate uh, journey. And so it's continued a little bit from there. And I'm currently... We are currently in the process of expanding that property. And so we're going to be adding an ADU. And for those of you that don't know what an ADU is, it stands for Accessory Dwelling Unit. So on top of the property having three full apartments, we're going to be converting two of those garages into a smaller unit. And that's going to be able to be rented out at a later time when we're done completing that project. Oh, that's awesome. Very good. Look at you. Get your money, girl. Get your money. <laughs> well, girl, let me tell you, it has not been easy. You know, it's been one of those projects that you're learning as you go. I mean, there's so much to ask questions about, have the money for. If not, you get a loan, asking questions about that. And so I've been very fortunate to also have the support of both my parents in this process because they have taught us a lot and they're definitely well-knowledged in this area. And so I definitely seek them as support. Um, okay. So so you yeah. get most of your knowledge from your parents and what your parents know and seek for their help? Yes, yes, I do. And of course, like anybody else, I also had to do my own research, you know, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go online, I'll research things because things change as every year goes. So my husband and I have also been doing our own research off to the side because of course we want to learn on our own too and have our own investing journey. And a fun fact on that property, once we bought it, we lived there for about six and a half years. And let me tell you one thing, living with your tenants is a whole other world. <laughs> and it's a whole other I can only realm imagine. that we can get into. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will say, though, they were very careful on what they were doing because we were there on yeah, the property. Yeah. So they knew there was eyes on them. Yes, it's pros and cons. But that was part of the sacrifice that we did as a newlywed couple was to live on our property for about six and a half years while we saved and then later invested in buying our now home. And so it took us a while to save. And so now we do own our own home as well it's a beautiful home and i'm so proud of you and all the sacrifices that you did because they definitely paid off oh thank you yes yes uh, we are 
very blessed to have been able to buy here in California. I know it's not easy and it's a California is quite an expensive state. But again, it takes sacrifice, it takes commitment, it takes research, and we're very, very happy with our home. And hopefully it's not our only home we can invest in. You know, we do have plans for our future, but poco a poco, you know, it takes time. What about you? How did you first get started in this? <laughs> so for me, story, uh, you know, story. We, <laughs> story time, uh, yes. it's very, not, okay, it's, it has parallels to uh, your story in the sense that my parents also pushed me into this because I had no interest in real estate investing. I didn't know what that meant uh, when I was a lot younger, but around the time that I was 25, um, that was 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, I'm aging myself. <laughs> Girl. Um, <laughs> Okay, pretend you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> um, but in my mid-20s, uh, my parents came up with an idea to invest in a real estate uh, property. And so we basically joined uh, funds and knew that we were going to go in 50-50. So my parents went in as one unit and then I went in as well. And... Um, we went in, we found a property out here in the area that we live at. And it was during the time where properties were still relatively low. And especially in the area that I live in, it's the outskirts of LA. So it's very uh, affordable, more affordable than Los Angeles. Uh, it's still, you know, now the prices are a lot higher. But at that point in time, it was fairly affordable. I went in just 100% uh, like leaning on my parents' knowledge, thinking that they knew everything. But, you know, later on you find out, no, they don't know everything. However, even though, you know, they weren't as knowledgeable as like the knowledge that I have gained right now, I'm really grateful for them to uh, pushing me or encouraging me to go in on something uh, with them because... Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten started. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just grateful that I got started and it happened to be a good deal and then, you know, go on from there. Uh, but there was many lessons that we learned from that home, that first home. And one of it is that I think that my mom, she, she doesn't know about the debt-free community, but she practices like all of the debt-free community principles and she hates debt. She does not like any type of debt. She thinks that any debt is bad debt. And so when we first went in on the property, she said, we need to make sure that we pay for this property 100% before we go in on a next property. And I was like, sure. <laughs> Let's do that without even questioning it for one moment. Like thinking... She had a goal in mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, like uh, there's that mentality. And I think it comes from scarcity of not having, uh, you know, not growing up with money. And so it was like, you don't think about using debt as leverage. You just think about debt as being a bad thing. A bad thing, so, yeah. My mom was like, let's, let's do it. And we 
busted our ass for seven years to pay off the house. And wow, uh, seven actually, years? Yeah, we actually just paid it off last September. But oh, it, nice! Congratulations! Was, oh, thank okay. you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're like, let uh, me finish my sentence. <laughs> I was a little too excited. Um, thank you. It was it was really hard. Um, you know, it was a it was a product of our tenant, uh, myself, and then my dad. All of us putting in money to pay off the house, and that's why we were able to pay it off a lot sooner, because it was basically three people paying down a, a mortgage. But as as we were nearing the end of our payoff for the house, I thought there has to be another way. How do these people like purchase so many homes in a certain amount of time? And here we are like seven years later. And you know, like from when we first bought to last year, the market appreciated four times here in the area that I live. And so we can no longer go back in and say, oh, let's go buy another property because now we're priced out. And so I thought, what the heck? Like, how, how do people scale their business? Because we're obviously doing something wrong if, you know, we're seven years in and we just finished paying off a house. And so with me getting into personal finance and seeing like different ways of growing our, like my money and wealth, I ran into multiple real estate investors in the Instagram community. And I'm a big advocate with meeting people online. I know it's a very weird thing for me. You did but... say that in the first episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's weird for some people, but I have made the best connections online. And that's because I've curated my algorithm to be intentional. So I make sure that I follow, uh, you know, in addition to my close friends, I don't like following like meme, uh, memes or uh, I, I don't know, I don't, like other things that to me doesn't bring me value because I would find myself scrolling and I know I'm going off on a little tangent here, but, <laughs> but I curated <laughs> my Instagram so that I was following people that were investing in the stock market, following people that were investing in real estate. And Yasmin actually made a introduction to one of her friends who's also into real estate investing in a different type of real estate uh, investing. It's called syndications. And it's basically when people bring a pot of money together to invest in homes that are, or apartment buildings, and it could be also um, RVs. So different types of real estate that cost a lot more money, but you can all go in on it in basically in like one pot and everyone has different percentages of ownership. Uh, so she made the, the introduction to her friend and that opened up a whole new world for me where I was like, oh my gosh, it's not just, you know, buying a home, paying it off and then buying it, buying another one. There's different types of investing that you can do within real estate. And so that's, I guess like it was a rebirth to my journey. So even though my journey started 
back in uh, like 2016, 2017, there was a rebirth to it during COVID times because I was busy curating my Instagram. <laughs> you were busy not looking at memes, not scrolling, <laughs> not baking, not doing any of these food trends that were going on. You, no. my friend, were very smart and you were saying, you know what? The time that I have on my hands right now, I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn how to invest. So I'm very proud of you. I think that's really awesome that, you know, you started with your folks, but then you said, hey, I want to do this for me. And that you found like this passion for it, because like you said earlier, you weren't even thinking about investing. Mm -hmm. That was not on your mind. But the fact that you were able to look at the benefits that it can bring to you and know that, hey, if I really put my mind to this shoot, I can retire super early and be part of all these different investment properties. And you're right. There's, you could be in debt, but that's actually really good debt to be in. It's Mm -hmm. not bad debt. Mm -hmm. So it's just a mindset shift. Thank you. It's a mind, a mindset shift. Yes. (laughs) I just thought like, what if I said shit? (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're explicit. (laughs) Okay. It's a mindset shift. <laughs> and I agree. I agree because there's moments where part of me really just wants to invest in different properties in town, homes, different apartments, just everything. But then there's also a part of me that says, oh, but that's a lot. It can be very overwhelming. And you want to see the benefits right away. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer to see the benefits. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if you can shift your mind on like, okay, well, yes, this is what it's going to be like right now. Or, you know, you need to do this now so you can then see the benefits later. Then that's really where it should be. Like we should really shift our minds to say, Hey, this is a good thing. It's not Mm -hmm. a bad thing. Invest, Mm -hmm. do it. So that's a little bit of how I initially got started in a real estate investing journey. And, you know, I know that there are some challenges. It's not glamorous at all. Like the influencers out there make it seem. (laughs) It's definitely not glamorous, but it's also pretty rewarding. But I do want to go over what some of the biggest challenges that you faced in real estate. Like what are they and how have you been able to overcome them? Well, I know for me, one of my biggest challenges was living with my tenants because that is my scenario. That is how we started off is we were newlywed and right away we were living in this apartment with two other apartments above us. So I was actually in the downstairs apartment. So living with tenants is hard because it's a pro and a con because part of it, you're on your own property. You're saving money. You know, you're not paying rent. But again, you're also paying for your mortgage payment. Like I have to pay my mortgage payment. And so I had to make sure, and this kind of goes back to the topic of budgeting and making sure that we were saving and where your money was going that I was talking about at the last episode. So we had to be very careful also and not just spend the rent money because no, I have bills and I have my more, I have my mortgage payment, but living with your tenants can be hard because you don't know what you're going to get as a tenant. You know, they come in, Hey, I need an apartment. This is how many people we're needing it for. This is who we are. Everybody at the beginning is great. Everybody says, Hey, no, we're not going to give you no problem. I'm going to take care of your property. And then little by little, you know, they get comfortable because that's their home too. That becomes their home. 
And so then you start to kind of realize, okay, wait a minute, this person was late on their rent already once. It happens again, another time. And then you start to kind of see little things of like, okay, well, they have a mess outside, you know, or they're leaving a lot of things outside that doesn't look very nice. Um, or you start to hear kind of conflict between the other tenants. And so as a property manager, as the landlord, you're not necessarily the one that needs to break that up, but you do need to set rules. You need to have expectations of your tenants. And I actually had to learn the hard way with one of my tenants. We essentially, when we first started, there was really no contract. It was kind of like hearsay, give me your word. We were new to this. You know, we really had no idea what was going on. And my parents, I believe had a contract, but it was also a very simple contract. So we kind of just jumped in and said, you know what? I'm going to trust these people. Like, I'm giving them a place to live. Why would they do me dirty? <laughs> well, <laughs> that is not always the case. And so for anybody that is listening out there and is wanting to invest into a rental property, have that contract. So we learned really quickly that we needed to have one. So we did make one pretty quickly afterwards. And that has been a huge lifesaver because we decided not to go with the property management, which is another okay. option as far mm -hmm. as managing rental properties is you pay a, a fee and a property management company comes in and does everything. They deal with the tenants, they deal with repairs. I mean, there's different tiers, so you can choose what yeah. you want. Yeah. But we decided not to go that route just because, again, you're trying to save money. Do I have money to pay every month this extra fee now? And so we haven't done that. My husband and I, we're the ones that deal with everything. So if there's something that's going on, hey, Doña, they call me Doña Pacavagla. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay. You entered your Doña era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doña, se quebró esta luz. Oh, no, no hay agua caliente. Or, hey, this is what's happening. I'm like, okay, pues ahorita voy para allá. Oiga, no se preocupe. <laughs> you know? So there's a lot. We deal with a lot of that stress. And that can be very overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that I don't like about managing the rental properties is that you deal with the day-to-day -day stuff, with the tenants. Um, but at the same time, you're on board. You know what's going on on your property. You know what's mm -hmm. going on in your apartments. And you get to know your tenants a little bit more. And the contract, going back to the contract, that has been a huge lifesaver. You know, we have... I think our contract is like three or four pages, but it's like broken down detail by detail. It says you can't have this many people stay over for this many long. If they're going to stay longer than this, please let us know so we're aware of it. It talks about um, how many people are to be living mm -hmm. in, the, in the apartment from day one. And if we see more, then that's something that we will need to talk about. It has the rent on there. It has... They're responsible for renter's insurance. They they need to get that on their own. So it has a bunch of different things. So that's been a really huge lifesaver. But I would say tenants and property management, it's hard. It's not always easy. But I don't know about you. I mean, that's been my story. I don't know. Do you manage your your rental property? No. Or do you have a property management? Um, I have oh, okay. a property manager. So, you know, kudos to Ooh. you. For... <laughs> no, kudos Excuse to you for me. taking that on. <laughs> We tried to take that on in the beginning and it ended up in an eviction process. And after that, I thought, nope, this is not for me. I cannot do this. And uh, so I told my mom that in the beginning, 
we could take this on. It's okay. Yeah. And then um, once again, you know, I think like naturally we're just really trusting human beings and people know that. And there's some people that are going to take advantage of that. And yes. it just so happened, oh, yes. you know, we had newly bought the house, renovated it, and we were going to put it up, uh, you know, on the market. We didn't really know what that looked like. And the real estate agent that helped us out, she also owns a property management company. And she thought, you know, she gave us the option of, hey, you know, you can, I can manage this for you. I'll run their credit and all of that. And it sounded really nice to me. My parents, on the other hand, thought, no, we could do this ourselves. Let's manage this property. We have the skills for it. And then six months later, we were in an eviction process. <laughs> so that was a big learning lesson. And to me, I thought, no, <laughs> I don't want to go through this anymore. Uh, we obviously do not have the skills to manage the property. And so then so then we went through with the eviction. And that in itself requires giving notice to the tenants, you know, of paying their rent or vacating the premises. And if that doesn't happen, then an actual eviction process takes place in court. So we had to hire lawyers. Um, show up to court. Oh, wow. It went that far. Yeah. Yeah. Mine hasn't gone into that extent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, we went through the whole enchilada. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Putting in the notice. And then you have to make sure that you put, um, you know, put the notice in in the, the way that like the rules and regulations for tenants because tenants have rights. And I, I get it. I understand yes. the reason why tenants have rights and why there's rights in place. And so then as a landlord, you have to make sure that you're basically crossing all your T's, dotting your I's when you're going through something like that. So we went through the whole process. Lawyers helped us go through it. Um, when we got there, uh, luckily for us, because the house was so new, um, they didn't have a case because they tried to say that it, um, they were in an uninhabitable uh, dwelling. However, we brought out a home inspector who had just inspected the home and uh, brought out, you know, like the home inspector basically to look in to see if like if there was anything that made the house uninhabitable. And of course, we had just renovated it. So there wasn't much to do in the house. Uh, extra for like, you know, we had already basically gone above and beyond and the whole process took place. Uh, we never saw the, the money that was owed to us and it ended up, they ended up being there for six months. So we had to pay the mortgage on the house for six months on our own. And after that, I thought we don't have the skills for this. So let's uh, outsource. So then we went back to the real estate agent and we said, Hey, you know, that property management business that you have, we're going to need your services. And she ran the credit on the tenant and did the whole process. And so my dad is pretty like, you know, because the home is uh, near us, he's a handyman. And so he, um, does some of the, the items in the home, like the, like lipstick maintenance, 
but anything that you know like plumbing electrical hvac all of that is outsourced and so we know people from living here so we don't rely completely on the property manager but uh but in terms of finding a tenant and get, making sure that rent is getting paid, that all goes through a property management. And yes, it does cost money, but I don't have to worry about um, going, you know, like after rent or wondering if I made the right choice in tenant because I rely on my property manager's expertise to be able to put in the correct tenant and that will give me a, you know, stabilized rent. And they're also the ones that are in charge of like increasing or decreasing rent, right? Like they take care of all of that. Yes. So they actually provide the lease to the tenants. And then at the end of the year, when it's up, I get an email. And basically what she does is a market analysis of the area and says, you know, rents have risen this much. Would you like to go ahead and raise the rent or continue? And there's always a balance to that because if we have a really good tenant, we want to make sure that we, you know, that tenant stays in place. So we might forego raising the rent in order to keep the tenant in place. Yeah, that's always been a, a hard one, too, when you have to raise the rent. Um, I think it's always a hit to the tenants because mm-hmm. I think anybody, you know, and even as a landlord, for me, sometimes it's it's really hard to make that decision. But again, with everything going up, the cost of living going up, you know, other bills, like I have other bills outside of the property. You know, if I don't pay Mm -hmm. that property, I'm going to lose that property, you know, and and that's not what I want either. So, you know, luckily for me, we haven't made it to or haven't gotten tenants that I have to go to court for. I did have one tenant that it got pretty heated and that actually happened while I was pregnant with my first child. And so after that, I said, no, I am not going to get to a point where... I'm being disrespected or I'm getting upset because it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So we, we've been able to, from there, we've been able to get tenants that, that actually are really, really good. And we haven't had an issue since, but you just never know what you're, you know, you never know what, what's going to happen. Um, I've definitely have looked into a property management. I know people that work for a property management. I have family that works for, for companies and so it's always on my mind. It's always something that, you know, I want to do. But again, so far we've been able to manage. So far we've been lucky. Yeah, and I also have my you. parents. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a lot. It, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. do. So, <laughs> But yeah, I, kudos no, to you guys for, for also deciding. <laughs> yeah. But no, but yeah, kudos to you guys for saying, hey, you know what? Like, no, I need somebody else to come in and manage this this for us. So... We've been able to overcome our challenges, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I have family that is actually in real estate. I have a couple of aunts and a cousin that that's what they do for a living. And so I know they're always posting like, hey, there's this house here or there's this house Mm -hmm. there. Some of them do sell outside of the area. I've always been curious to know what it is to have property outside of my local area and even as far as even out of state do you by any chance have any property i don't think i've ever asked you that but do you i don't mind sharing yeah no i don't mind sharing i do (laughs) i have uh so like i said earlier where i went on this whole journey in instagram um instagram university for the win (laughs) oh my Uh, gosh 
uh, when I was there, I realized that there was different forms of investing in real estate. And one of them, because you know how I was saying, we I realized that we were priced out here in California, even in mm -hmm. my hometown that at, at one point was affordable. And so then I started looking into out-of-state real investing, uh, real estate investing. And uh, what I did was um, basically find someone which happened to be in my work because I started openly talking about personal finance, real estate investing, and someone in my work was like, you know what, let's get together and learn about this. And so we did, we started uh, meeting and read from front to back uh, a book called Long Distance Real Estate Investing um, by David Green. That's how we got started because I knew that I was priced out here in my hometown. And so I couldn't buy uh, real estate investing properties here. So I had to look elsewhere where I could go, um, could buy something. And I went in on it with a friend. And so we actually just closed on that property in January. And that in itself has been a journey in terms of once again, you know, dealing with tenants and yeah. finding the right property. It took us almost a year to find the correct property because interest rates are now really high. And so you, we yes, needed to are. make sure that the property was still going to cash flow even after the high interest rate you know, we have to pay a property manager because mm -hmm. we don't have the property in state where we can drive to it. It's out of state. Uh, so I had to invest in a property manager, you know, um, all of the clothing costs that go into it. We financed it in a traditional way. So basically we put in 25% down into a duplex. So when you're going into a duplex on a conventional loan, you have to put in 25% down. Mm -hmm. So she put half of that. I put half of that. Um, we inherited tenants. So that came with its own set of issues that we currently have to deal with because we didn't vet those tenants that was from the previous uh, seller. And, you know, people are going to try and sell their property they're not going to tell you exactly all, you know, all the bad, yeah. that, the nitty gritty things of <laughs> the it, nitty gritty of it, um, what that looks like. And we did our due diligence in looking at rent rolls and seeing uh, what that looked like, you know, on their end before we went, before we went in, but it still has its issues. We're still working out the kinks. We're barely, you know, three weeks, uh, not three weeks three months into this. And so mm -hmm. there's still a lot of learning to do. Once again, I know that there's a lot of learning that I need to do and I know about leveraging now. And so where I'm back to square one, where I'm trying to figure out how am I going to scale this? So I'm looking into creative financing at the moment, uh, seeing what like wholesaling might be like, uh, private uh, lenders, private uh, financing, just different avenues to be able to continue investing. But my goal is to have enough investment properties where it um, substitutes my income as an educator. Very nice. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can 
do that one day too is invest outside of state but it sounds like whether you invest here or out of state it comes with its challenges no matter what it but. does <laughs> so we won't be getting away from that but again if you're willing to go through it and if you're willing to put the time and commit you know i don't see why this is a bad thing it, it, nothing is easy in life right it is something that i I know I want to do. Thank you for sharing. I think I know who to go to when I'm ready to do that. And I think you'd be more than happy to guide me through it. And, yeah, and of course. I'm an open book. One of the questions I did have was, were you, did you not see the property in person? Like, did you fly out there or was it all just virtual or all through the property management? No, this was all virtual. So the beauty ah, of the internet okay. is that you can do things you know, from the comfort of your own home now. And so what that looked like was um, we went into a real estate investing site. It's called Bigger Pockets. Uh, we went into that real estate investing site. It's a website where investors come together and you can connect with different people. So we knew that we wanted to invest out of state. We found our location. We did our market research. And then we found a realtor and we did several realtor interviews just to see who we would want to work with the nice. most and we ended up finding a real estate agent who used to be a teacher and so we were able to connect on that because we're educators and we're like oh we found our people like this is yeah. so cool <laughs> that someone you know knows uh, what our day-to-day -day looks like and also knows what it's like to have a passion for real estate uh, so we went with him and, and uh, he would bring us the deals and then we would go off and calculate it. So we had a calculator, calculate that, see what that looked like. Um, you know, we take into consideration maintenance, vacancy, property management expenses. So all of the different expenses, at the end of the day, you still have to have some type of cash flow. So mm -hmm. our... Um, return that we were looking on was at least eight percent and we did not veer from that like we said we want to get eight percent uh return on our investment these are the criteria that we're looking for and that's why it took such a long time i'm pretty sure we tested his patience but once <laughs> we found something he went in person walked through the property and showed us videos of the property afterwards. And then you still have the 15 days where you can bring in all of your people to inspect the house. So we had mm -hmm. the home inspection, we had a, a plumber come in, we had someone look at the sewers, we had uh, someone to inspect, I don't know, it was like the windows, all of that. Everything, make yeah. sure that what we were getting ourselves into matched the numbers that we had and we were willing to walk away like if it didn't match if something was going to be completely out of the norm we were just like we're gonna walk away that's fine we can continue looking yeah well that's so, the beauty of that that you can choose and be like hey you know what if this property doesn't work out there's another property out there that will mm -hmm. so you definitely have to remove the emotion from it. And I think that's very different from when you're a home buyer looking to buy a home to live in. Um, if you're not willing to house hack like you um, like you did initially, um, 
you know, like there's a lot of emotions involved in those in those types of transactions. Whereas when you're in real estate investing, you have to remove the emotion out of it and just focus on the numbers. And if the numbers don't work, you have to be willing to walk away. You are absolutely right. And something that I did not say about my property that I'm just going to say really quickly here, my property that we invested in, there was an emotional piece attached to it because I can tell you that I lived in those apartments, not just when I got married, I lived with my folks in those apartments in junior high. And I think all the way up until maybe 10th grade. And mm -hmm. then my grandparents also lived on one of those properties at some point. And my grandfather did a lot of work on that property. Like there's handprints of myself, my sister, and like a couple of my cousins in the back of the property that has our, that's dated to like 1997 or something i don't know like sometime Aww. so there is a big emotional piece to that property yeah that was a huge part as to why we decided to go in and <clears throat> i can tell you right now i am not going to sell that property no matter how many headaches it gives me <laughs> i know that's my future <laughs> that's my retirement but there's a huge yeah. emotional piece to it so you're right if you're going to go all in on investing in certain things yeah some of it is going to be just numbers and then there's other things that might pull at your yeah. heartstrings a little bit more yeah especially yours that i didn't know that i didn't know i had that family history that is really cool and it's so cute <laughs> yeah there is so i wanted to make, make a point of that because i did not bring that up at the beginning but there's a big history there with my family so i yeah i will not be giving that up that property anytime mm -hmm. soon and hopefully my kids can enjoy that when they're older as well generational wealth yeah yeah exactly get your money get your money girls um so i know i went over a couple of tips in terms of uh you know like looking to buy a home or get into real estate and like taking that emotion out of it what are some tips that you have for someone that's looking to buy a home or get into real estate investing Again, if you know people that have invested already, ask them for support, ask them questions mm -hmm. about it. For me, again, I've been very blessed to have my folks. And so they really have helped us throughout this journey. But again, I also have family that's in real estate. They sell real estate. So always asking them too. And just like I said in previous episodes, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to do the research. And one of my biggest tips too is even though it's scary to jump in on something like this and it's scary to invest, do it. Because in the long run, it really is something that you can, you're going to benefit from. And of course, do your research so that you can enjoy your property down the road, but you just have to jump in, you know, let's not be mm -hmm. afraid. We have to do yes. it. We have to break these, these cycles of, you know, Latinas not having property. Well, heck, you know, you and me, here we are. We are living yeah, here we are. Be done. <laughs> Yeah, and we we might be stumbling and it might not be perfect, but we're doing it. So, yes, I also want to say really quick um, to me, one thing that has been a game changer as well is attending real estate uh, investor meetups. So, um, you know, like online people will advertise these meetups and when you go, you get to meet other people that are killing it in the game. And so every single time I go, I leave inspired i was actually at a real estate meetup 
today before we recorded <laughs> nice. our, our podcast. Um, and I learned about uh, a real estate investor doing Airbnbs and how he has 51 listings now. And so oh, wow. I thought, you know, like you leave every single time you go into these meetups, you leave extremely inspired and also, you know, with these connections that you make with people. So that's yes. another thing that I wanted to throw out out there. That networking piece is crucial as well. Very, very mm -hmm. crucial. And, mm -hmm. um, and I look forward to what the future brings as far as my investing journey, because this is only the beginning, you know, this is just the beginning for me. And I know for you too, I, I know you mm -hmm. have a lot of plans and goals and hopefully one day you and I can go in on something too. You know, that is, yes. that's I love to yes. do. Yeah, let's we're, build we're each other here up. To bring each other up, exactly. Yes, yeah, not bring each other down. Nope. No, we're getting our money. <laughs> yeah, it's making that money, retiring early. So, to our listeners out there, just remember that anything is possible. And like like Evelyn said, we might be stumbling, or we might not know everything right now, but we're doing it, and we're going to continue to do it. So, I hope this has been an awesome episode for you guys to to listen to yeah. yeah so thank you everyone uh thank you vanessa for taking the time and sharing your personal story your experiences i really enjoyed uh hearing from them uh, i love you know sharing these uh, intimate moments with all of our listeners because these are some things that we don't talk about outside you know of these recordings yeah. and i love that we have these opportunities to do so Yes. Likewise, thank you for taking the time to doing this uh, episode with me today. And I am very excited and very proud of you, Amiga. So keep it up and you inspire me. And to our listeners, I hope that you guys enjoyed our conversation. And please make sure to follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite platforms. You guys know the drill. Head on over and make sure you follow and please don't hesitate to contact us through Instagram at Dear Edmanas and leave any questions, comments, likes, shares, all the above. Hasta la próxima. Bye.